1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
2: Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now.
1: TDN Fantasy.
2: The TDN Fantasy the TDN Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
1: Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Live podcast, right? So we're doing some video. We're going to switch it up, let you guys hang out with us, and we're going to be doing a lot more video content. So excited to be hanging out with the guys. First and foremost, Jamie, you're hanging out in Chicago. What's what's the weather report in Chicago? How's my hometown looking?
2: It's beautiful today. It's, it's get upper 50s, lower 60s. I think I see a cloud off in oh. the distance there on Lake Michigan as I look out my window. Uh, it is a beautiful day. Uh, it might not be quite as beautiful for passing offenses when we get to Sunday, but we'll get into that in a second. But uh, right now, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful weekend here in Chicago.
1: Jake and I are trying to make fall happen, right? So we're like, we got t- we got two days of it in Arizona, and then today it's going to be back up in the 80s, which we'll not complain about. Okay, It's not a complaint. It's no. more so like you got two days of like full-blown fall, and you were like, ooh. All right. So he's in a hoodie. I'm in a turtleneck. We're pretending like it's still fall action here in AZ, although we'll be back to pool weather by the middle of next weekend, which as I said, I will not complain about. So let's kick things off here, Jamie. You have a weather report for me and me and Jake to react to. So this weather report is going to impact fantasy football and, fa- and football in general. So Jake and I do not know which games you're pulling. So feel free. This is your, this is your Vanna White moment. Take over. You're in charge.
2: Yeah, I don't have like a green screen like to do the weather behind me, but I got a handy-dandy legal pad here. But uh, there are four games that uh, caught my eye because I've already got some questions about it, and it's something that we need to discuss. Uh, two of the more lesser ones that are more of a wind-only type games, uh, New Orleans-Chicago, as I mentioned earlier, uh, wind's expected to be sustained in the mid-20s uh, with it peaking into a of 40, uh, and they're going to be mid-30s in terms of weather. Uh, so I am – not loving my New Orleans pick from the show. I'm starting to – I get worried about this dome team with a, a quarterback that doesn't have a big arm with that sort of wind and cold weather going on the road. It's going to be an interesting game, but could keep passing offenses down a little bit. The concern there is going to be is who are you starting outside of maybe Jared Cook anyway? Like you're still going to play Kamara, but are you playing any Saints receiver right now? Are you playing Deontay Harris? Are you playing Traquan Smith? I don't think Allen Robinson plays. So are you you playing Mooney? Like you probably weren't playing a lot of those guys anyway, uh, but it's going to significantly hurt the value of Drew Brees, who already was not in my top 12 to begin with this week. Uh, And it might actually be a nice little boost there for Alvin Kamara because if you're too afraid to throw the ball down the field, especially in the wind, just those (laughs) and dunk down the field with Kamara getting you eight, nine, ten catches maybe in this game. The other one's Minnesota Green Bay, which has a lot more offensive implications. 25 miles an hour plus. Uh, it's going to be in the upper 30. So keep an eye on that as we get close to game time. It should be sunny. Uh, but if that wind gets really, really bad, it's going to affect that downfield passing game a bit. The two bigger concern games for me. One is New England-Buffalo. Uh, we're getting over 20-mile-an-hour winds in that game. It's going to be in the 40s and rainy. Uh, so that is, that is bad. Again, you're not playing any Patriots anyway at this point. But that's bad news uh, you're still probably playing Diggs, but that's going to knock Diggs' value. It's going to knock Josh Allen's value down a little bit. Uh, I think Zach Moss could be a sneaky play in this game. If they're going to run the ball more, they seem to like him and want to get him involved, particularly around the goal line. Uh, that's one. Uh, maybe the biggest one that I, I did not foresee is Vegas-Cleveland. 26 to 28 mile an hour winds, gusts over 40, in 40s, heavy rain. Uh, that is the forecast right now. Again, something to watch closer to game time, but I love Derek Carr as a sneaky start this week. I like Rashard Higgins as a sneaky start this week. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is somebody that Jake's been mentioning for a while that was a guy that made my top 40. Uh, You have to be a little bit concerned if you are relying on any of those players this week because if the weather is going to look this bad, this is probably going to be a Josh Jacobs-Kareem Hunt game, even more so than it was already going to be. So keep an eye on all of these games as you get closer to Sunday see if you have replacement options available. And if you don't be proactive ahead of time, because you know, look, you're still going to be playing your superstars, but those mid-level players that you were considering for a flex position, you might have a better option. If things get this bad as we head into the weekend. So we're still a couple of days away. Things can change, but it's not looking great uh, in those last two games in particular, but four games in terms of heavy, heavy wind for passing games.
1: I love the weather yeah, just- report.
2: Yeah, the yeah, lake man. effect. That was, that was it's gonna.
1: I was gonna say it's uh, a couple of those places I've been to and know how that feels. Um, Chicago specifically, like. That's best case scenario for the Bears. Like I'm looking at him going best case scenario is that it's windy and cold and Drew Brees has to play outside and his already slow down arm is not going to handle the wind well, like it screams grimy football game, which I'm all here for, for Chicago. The other games though, like the Cleveland game, I guess, Jake, you've been there, you've been around. I, I'm guessing that that game and the Buffalo game are going to be pretty – that could impact a lot of fantasy teams because if you all of a sudden you can't throw the ball very well, you get both teams are going to try and win on the ground.
0: Yeah, I mean Cleveland is a mother. It, that that stadium literally is sitting on the Lake Erie, and it has this big V in one corner that it comes in and just whips. Uh, Derek Carr is throwing the ball with a lot of pace. I think he could probably get by, and if it's a downwind, it's always better if it's downwind into the wind than it is if it's got a funky cross because that really affects quarterbacks. The one I would say, I don't I the one reason I love Josh Allen playing in Buffalo is because of that arm strength. He can mm-hmm. throw it through the wind. And I'm telling you right now, I've been in Buffalo when it's blowing 20, it feels like it's blowing 50. There's this I, I was talking to, to to Joe Marino the other day for his, his Bill's podcast. So you have Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, and then you have Orchard Park, and it makes this funky triangle, man, and it comes in over the top of that stadium and then circles like crazy. I think Derek Carr or Derek Carr. Derek Carr can get by in Cleveland. I think Josh Allen can get through that enough to still make some big play in Buffalo. But all these games are going to be affected. Aaron Rodgers is the one dude I'm not worried about at all. He knows Green Bay. He's Cleveland used to is it. Great when it's cold. Kirk Cousins has a decent arm. Here's the thing with playing quarterback. it's that windy? Guys that don't throw beautifully tight spirals can get eaten alive. Baker Mayfield. Doesn't always have a great tight spiral. And if you're a little bit inaccurate, the ball is not really tight, man, if that sideways wind hits it, funky, funky stuff happens. That's why I like Josh Allen. I still like Aaron Rodgers in this. Uh, I like Derek Carr in this. I think they're going to take some shots.
1: It's uh, it's definitely going to impact people. I think you're, you're going to want to know know the team, know the tendencies. Um, I think you brought up a lot of good points, obviously. Aaron Rodgers knows how to play outside. Kirk Cousins not feeling so confident about that one. Um, mostly because Minnesota is not an outdoor team. Like people are like, oh, they're in Minnesota, but Minnesota plays in a dome. Like that's the thing is like you're not you're not used to playing in in a cold weather environment. And trust me, Lambo is terrible. It's cold as shit. It's so hard to play there. It is the. No, thank you. I had to do this thing with Gatorade. If you guys remember where I had to pretend like I was Aaron, but they literally gave us an internal temperature thing to recreate what it's like to be a player playing on the sidelines of a game at Lambeau field. And my internal body temperature was so low that they made me go inside because they thought I was going to die. Like that's, that's how bad it was. They were like, you don't have have any body fat. They're like, you can't do this workout thing anymore. You got to go inside. Your body says you're heading to a point that's not good and i was like this is what they deal with they're like yeah but you're not them that's this point and i was like what elite athlete what are you talking about i don't understand i, I don't think
0: the one other thing in buffalo if it does rain you get so much freaking colder when you're wet i remember playing oh, there yeah. one time and i'm they got the heaters remember they like the the propane like jet engine heaters yeah i damn near burned the shoelaces off my kicking foot because i'm trying to warm the damn thing up so i can feel it before i go out there and it wasn't even that cold it was just this bitter wind coming off the lakes if it is raining that game could be close that was one of my locks of the week in our against the spread show that i'm a little bit worried about because buffalo doesn't stop the run very well and they don't run it that great so if it is coming down to like running 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 that game could be really really close i don't know i mean they're still getting some extra points there. There should be like a six or seven point game, but that one could I be think interesting. You, especially without
2: especially what it looks like without Stephon Gilmore for New England too. Like cool. that's another like. Yeah, big, ne- ne- like, ne- never mind. We're good. <laughs>
1: We're, good. We're good. We're good. Uh I'm surprised. You guys weren't you're not afraid since Cam Newton went to the podium and said that he, you know, basically gave himself a pep talk. At the podium, it was one of the weirder things that I've ever, ever watched. I was like, I, I yeah. I couldn't
0: listen to anything Cam said about five years ago.
1: But yeah, it's, uh, it was kind of kind of strange. Uh, all right, moving on. Best start of the week. So we're going to give you our, our best start as in player, individual player of the week, and then best bet of the week. So, Jamie, why don't you kick things off your best start of the week?
2: I'm going to go Giovanni Bernard. I think Joe Mixon's not playing again. He's still not practicing as of today, which is a usually an indicator that he's not going to be in that game for whatever reason between like ESPN and Yahoo projection outlets and all this other stuff that people do pay attention to they still think Joe Mixon's playing and they so Gio Bernard is still available in a lot of leagues he's still like projected to get like 6 or 7 fantasy points got you 18.1 last week Tennessee's allowing the eight, uh, the 12th most points to fantasy running backs this season i think that game's a shootout and they're going to have and since going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up with what Ryan Tannehill and Tennessee are going to do. It's going to be a lot of those dump-offs, four, five, six, maybe even seven catches for Gio Bernard. Uh, I love him this week. I think he's a borderline RB1. Like, I don't just like him. Like, he is a must-start this week, uh, assuming Mixon is out. And even if Mixon is somehow a surprise active, I still think he has flex value.
1: Yeah, I like that one a lot, Jamie. I like that one a lot. I, I, Jake, who are you I, I you love got? that one. I think
0: it almost yeah. makes it easier for them to throw it all over the yard when they don't have to feel like they got to get it to Jones. I love that one. I'm going to go with my boy that we all bailed on. I'm pretty sure the whole community bailed on, and that's Carson Wentz. And I'm going to add in slash the entire Eagles offense, which nobody thought you'd ever say. But I love Foldum, I love Ward. I love Rodgers. I love Boston Scott. Most of all, I love Carson Wentz. He's 28 and 29-plus points the last two weeks. Dallas' defense yep. is – I don't even know what the word is anymore for how bad they are. They're playing Denucci on offense. If Zeke can't eat, and it's hard to run on Philly, you can throw on him, but it's hard to run on him. They're going to get some extra possessions here. I like all of those guys, but I really like Carson Wentz. They let him run around and play this backyard style of football, almost like they did the end of last year when he played so well with a bunch of guys you haven't heard of. But they are getting Rager back like this. They're going to have a complement of weapons that I think, I think Carson Wentz has a big week. I know people have seen him as a must start, but a lot of people went, Bailed on him. He's still Off. out there in a lot of in a lot of leagues. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's uh he's definitely one of those guys, especially over the last couple of weeks. I'm glad you mentioned his last two performances in fantasy, right? It's where you have to separate what you're seeing from a football perspective and a fantasy perspective. The Eagles might not be a good football team, but there's still fantasy value there. And let me tell you, you could be a high school football team and you have fantasy value against the Dallas Cowboys defense. Like there, there is plenty of fantasy value when you're playing whatever word. I don't even know that there's a word in the English dictionary that you could use to describe how bad Dallas's defense is. And at the end of the day, I don't care how many Cowboys, former players they bring out and tell me that it's all Gucci with Danucci. That's this whole shenanigans. I was like, what am I watching? Like, what am I watching? Michael Irvin? They're like, no, it's Gucci. We got Danucci. I'm like, that's a nice slogan. And I love the last name Danucci. It's a great italian last name all that being said you're gonna be terrible like i don't care how many slogans or hashtags you guys come up with i'm here for all of it but it's not gonna impact that, that football. that game.
0: sounds like a t-shirt that ends up in some third world country with a super bowl losing team that they print the t-shirts anyway you know and then it ends yes. up like somewhere in the world because they gotta do something with them that sounds like a gucci danucci one week and am with you. back and they ship all the t-shirts off to some random country you've never heard of that, that, yeah that's just, that's just that was, awful.
1: That was a Michael Irvin special. I had a good laugh over it. Uh, but it's wearing not a robe to, in a church. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yes, yeah, it's not going to be all Gucci with Danucci. I can assure you of that. And I can assure you the Gucci brand wants nothing to do with Ben Danucci. I can definitely assure you of that. Uh, worst. Start of the week. Before you get into your best bet, I want you to go just, let's stay fantasy related before we get into the gambling stuff. What is the the worst start of the week for you, Jamie? Who are you dunking on?
2: This is where I implore people not to get cute, especially at a position that you have plenty of options. Please do not start to our Tonga Valoa this week.
1: Thank you. Don't
2: do it. I, I'm watching him getting picked up in a lot of leagues. I know there are people that are be tempted by the unknown and that, that always gets people. Well, we don't know yet. Like we don't know that it don't be tempted by the unknown. The Rams are, are in the rank in the top half of the league against passers in every stat. They are for, they allow the fourth fewest passing touchdowns. They're like, it just, it, this is not good news. Uh, I'm excited to watch to a play. I, I want to see how he looks out there. I want to see how this Miami offense looks, but I think it's going to be, He's going to hit a lot. I think it's going to be a lot of dump down stuff to Miles Gaskin, maybe some short things to uh, Mike Jacecki. But I don't think this is going to be a dynamic game for him or this Miami offense. Just don't get cute. There are plenty of good quarterbacks out there this week. He's not a top twenty option. You know, if you're in a two QB league, you don't have a choice. You have to play every starter. Like that's just how those leagues work. But in a single QB format, or even in a super flex format, I'm not. I would not be excited to put him out there. Like I just, just don't get cute. There's no, there's really no logical reason to do it anyway. But I know he's going to end up with like a five or six or 7% percent start percentage that makes app in single QB leagues, which makes no sense whatsoever.
1: All in South Florida, Miami fans, we implore you don't do stupid things. Looking right at you, Kyle grabs. Okay. Don't be doing anything dumb around here. We don't need to be starting to a tongue of Iloa in, this weekend in fantasy football. Uh, I'm actually boycotting that game on behalf of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I want none. I want none of that game. Cause cause of my boy Fitz has been done dirty. Jake, who's your worst start of the week?
0: I got a couple. One is not my worst, Ooh. but it's it's on the level of, like, I'm not playing him. Okay. And that's Amari Cooper. Mm. Now, the has got a week to get into this offense and figure out what they're going to do. I think they're going to try to lean on Zeke. But if you're a young quarterback, you're going to lean on that guy in the slot more than a guy outside. And you're not going to trust Darius Slay following Amari Cooper, which all the reports are big play Slay is going to follow him. Held him to, like, four for 48 the last time he did that. I think they're still going to force it there a couple times, but I think CeeDee Lamb has a bigger game in that slot role just because the is going to want it out of his hands fast if Fletcher Cox has eaten this awful offensive line. Uh, the other one would be whoever is the running back for the Giants, whether it's Gallman or Freeman. It's an awful start. Yes, the running back position is awful, and it is banged up, but this is your worst-case scenario playing the Bucks defense on Monday Night Football. They're not putting Don't up do anything. Don't do it. They, they have held Josh Jacobs to ten for eighteen and Aaron Jones ten for fifteen in the last two weeks. Yeah, don't do you might get a couple dinky dunky catches, but it's not a good start.
1: Yeah, I would stay far away from starting any running back. Against the Buccaneers, especially if you're the Giants behind that offensive line, I can assure you the Bucs front seven and company are going to feast on that Giants offensive line that has not been very good. And Diane Dimes is probably going to have a couple of turnovers himself. Best bets of the week, guys. So Obviously, you guys can watch our Against the Spread show. We do only gambling on that show. But if you're a podcast listener, we want to at least give you something, right? We want to give you something that you can that you can take into the weekend, especially since we're recording this on a Friday with a couple more updates of the line. So, Jamie, what did you go? You went to bet online. You saw, okay, there's a little tasty bet of the week. What is that bet of the week for you?
2: You're going to have to wait a little bit because of COVID testing has taken this line off the board. But I I still want to reiterate, it's my favorite bet of the weekend. It is the Chargers Broncos over on 44 or 44 and a half, whenever it comes back at. Uh, Look, I'll I'll rerun these same stats again. I'll bring back out the handy dandy legal pad to break down some of the stats for you. (laughs) Chargers averaging 32.3 points per game in the last three weeks. I don't know if you've watched Justin Herbert lately, but uh, he good. Uh, Denver. They gave up at least 28 points in three of their last four games, and gave up what 43 to Kansas City last week. Not great. And as much as a Denver offense is meh, they're still averaging 19 points a game, which is more than enough. If they get to 19, this is flying over. Uh, I love that this week. You're going to have to wait a little bit. Nothing is nothing should change this line. Like there's there's nothing that should jump this to 46, 47, 48. They're just kind of waiting to see how the testing stuff goes. Everything looks to be okay with the Chargers. There was a new test today that was positive for Denver. I think it was Graham Glasgow was the name that was reported, uh, the offensive lineman. So I don't see this jumping to a ridiculous line. You might have to wait until late Friday night or Saturday, maybe even Sunday morning to make this bet. But I would keep an eye on this one because this line, as I said on the show, TDN against the spread, was flat out wrong. This total was wrong. It should not have been this low. It's, yep. a be- it's a beautiful day in Denver. We talked about four games that are not beautiful days. It is a beautiful day in Denver on Sunday. Like, there's no weather concerns whatsoever.
1: It's, that 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 should make you like this one. You've stayed consistent. So, Jamie's all aboard this one, and, and Jake was too. Jake, what's your best bet of the weekend?
0: Well, Jamie mentioned who not to start, and that's Tua. This line is absurd. The Rams minus three and a half against the Dolphins and Tua's first start in Miami. The Rams offense, as Jamie's mentioned so many times, has been spectacular on the road so far this year. And Tua, I've seen all these made-up narratives when you have no idea what you're going to see. Nobody's seen him since the injury. Nobody's seen him with this plethora of blah weapons and two rookies on the offensive line playing Aaron Donald and playing Jalen Ramsey in this Rams defense has played really well. This line made zero sense to me whatsoever. The Rams minus three and a half. I got it all day and then some, I cannot fathom a way that this doesn't happen. By the way, as good as Herbert and Joe Burrow have been, where they have two wins between them? Yeah. You're expecting Tua is going to come out and play close enough against this Rams team to keep it within three. I don't see that. It's
1: a really good point, Jake. And I think, I do think that Miami dolphins roster is a little better than some of those guys or they're playing better. Um, Not across the board, but that is an important point to remember. Like these as good as Burrow and Herbert, it's like the reason they got drafted is because the team was in the bottom 10, bottom five to make these draft positions because the team is not very good. Right? Like that's why they were in a, in a position to draft a quarterback. There's a reason why they're down there. And you're seeing a lot of that. I'd say the chargers have beat themselves quite a few times, which is nothing new. If you've been following the show, the chargers are always a team that were like, we don't know what you're doing. Um, but I think specifically with Tua, it's it's such an unknown, right? And and to Jamie's point earlier, you're looking at this, and I think there's a lot of people that are leaning on the, like, I want to go with the upside, right? Like, I want to go with the best-case scenario. Whereas, to me, I'm looking at this and I'm going, I don't know, he had Jerry, Judy, and Henry Ruggs last year. Like, might be a downgrade at wide Devonta receiver. And Devonta Smith with, and Waddle. And, I mean, come on.
2: Here's where the issue is, though, and this is where I think when you don't see a player, you just falsify what you think that upside is. So let's not say it's Tua. Let's say it was Drew Brees playing the Rams. Let's say it was Ryan Fitzpatrick playing the Rams. Let's say it was Jared Goff playing his own defense. Where would you have him or any of those three players this week maybe Mid just wave. outside of QB one range, maybe yeah. that 11, 15. To I
1: was going to say somewhere oh, between guys. 11 to 15.
2: That's yeah. up, so the upside is QB 15. That's your upside. Your downside is he loses you your matchup. Like, is that worth it? Like, I think there's this weird, like what is his true upside? Like if now, if, if the dolphins were playing, I know maybe this is not, uh, if the dolphins were playing Dallas's defense on the road, I can at least see you saying, <sighs> Well, the yeah. upside is is a high school quarterback might be able to get you 20 fantasy points. I can see at least – I still wouldn't start him, but I can see that argument. This is a bad matchup. Like this is a matchup where you would probably go, eh, I might look to the waiver wire this week for guys that have been in your lineup already this year. That's what I don't see where the upside here is for Tua.
0: I mean, Ryan Tannehill and Wentz are on a lot of leagues. for some, Yeah. I, somehow yeah. they are. They are. Yeah. It's crazy. Here's another thing. The Rams are still running it more than any team in the league. Tua's not going to have that many opportunities. He's going to go three and out a bunch. Yes. I mean, when I say, when I say I'm going to pump the brakes on Tua, if you want to go all in, it's like you're cutting your brakes going downhill, and you hope you stop because this could be a crash landing of awfulness. Just back up a little. You, there's so many unknowns, and when it comes to fantasy, I'm not touching this at all. Gambling-wise, I'm taking the Rams as a lot of the week.
1: Mm-hmm. It was less than a year ago. I was at the game. I was at the game LSU Alabama where Tua got hurt um, less than a year ago that he went out and they talked about how long it might take him to come back and all these things. And I know our guy Kyle Krabs, he was at Tua's last start uh, with me at Alabama LSU and he's going to be at this game in Miami. I know there's a lot of excitement for this, but it's one of those things. It's kind of guys collectively – don't let the fan goggles go on. I know there's a lot of people in the draft community, a lot of people that are draft network junkies that love Tua are very excited. Don't let the fan goggles go on. Just sit back and listen. I hope he looks great. I hope it's amazing. It will be fun if that happens. But just pump the brakes a little bit. One more Don't thing. put any how money behind phenomenal, it. How many phenomenal
0: quarterbacks have we seen, including the greatest of all time, Struggles, struggling week one and week two with no preseason? This a dude lot. has played three three plays. Yeah. No preseason game. It's not like he played three quarters in preseason game number three, and he has that memory bank to go back on. This game is going to be faster than anything he saw at Alabama. And, yes, he played at a very high level. But it's still going to be completely different. This first half is either going to go great because he's going to rely on his athleticism, and he's going to just force it and make some plays, or it's going to go really, really bad, and then who knows what's going to happen. There's just too yeah. many question marks all the way around.
1: Too many variables, which is not a good thing for fantasy or for gambling. So those, if you're taking notes at home, those are not thing you don't want the word variable coming up when you're thinking about things that you that you want to do, where there's already so many things that are unknown and unsure as you go into your plays for the weekend. Last thing before we get into this or that, which I'm very excited about because you guys do not know what I have prepared for you, uh, is your sleeper of the week. So Jamie, who's sleeper of the week for you this week?
2: Corey Davis, Uh, Mm, I'm not sure why he's not getting more love. 14% of starting lineups this week, only rostered in 34% of leagues. He's averaging 14.3 fantasy points per game when he's played this year. That's good enough to be a top 30 wide receiver. He's had no fewer than 11.9 fantasy points in any game he's played. Do you trust Cincinnati secondary? I don't trust Cincinnati secondary. Uh, I know AJ Brown's going to be the big matchup there, but Corey Davis is getting looks this year. He's getting looks even when Adam Humphreys isn't. There's going to be room for multiple Titans players to have a lot of success in fantasy this weekend. And again, I'm shocked 14% of starting lineups. I, I, I don't get it. Like wow. Corey Davis is a top 30 option this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like uh, I'm starting him in one of my leagues. I, I picked him up in uh, the league. I play in with Baron and those guys. And uh, it's a, it's a little unfair. They're, they're just, at this point, I'm like, can you guys put some other people in this league so I have somebody to compete with because they're letting me pick <laughs> nah. up these guys left and right? I'm like, yeah, no thanks. Uh, it's It's been a fun one this year. Jake, who are, who's your sleeper of the week? I got two.
0: One is a guy that bounced back last week that a lot of people forgot about Leonard Fournette. He took over that shady McCoy role, playing in the shotgun, playing third down, two minute, and looked damn good. People forget that he led the, the Jaguars in catches last year with 76. I think he's a five to eight target guy a week moving forward regardless of how the game flow goes. I think that continues Monday night. I think it's more of like a passing game. I like him in PPR. I think he's going to have some carries, through. They're working him back. Rojo should have a big first half. But that's one guy that I think a lot of people forgot about after a really big game early. He was hurt for a few weeks. They let him get 100% healthy, which we've seen all the reports on. He should look really good. The other one's Henry Ruggs that started off hot, got hurt, backed up, and then he, he, was, he was kind of hit or miss. He had a decent game against Kansas City. He only took two shots. But the Raiders are taking a couple shots a week. And I, it really, if it's windy, whatever, his speed is just a difference maker. And if he's healthy enough, and he looked pretty good last week at times, uh, I think that's another sleeper that you could pay attention to. It's all upside. You, you could get kind of bit in the ass on that one. But it, there's, there's, some, there's some upside there.
1: That tends to be the case with sleepers, though. You're you're taking a little bit of a risk when you're picking somebody up that isn't there. You're not you're not getting surefire things. That's that's what why I wanted
0: are. to give you too because I think Fournette has a pretty high floor anymore because I really think he's five to six minimum targets a game.
2: Yeah, I have Fournette as a top thirty, 30 running back this week. Uh, I like it a lot. Just the, my only concern with him is that if the Bucks get up so huge. That, that you know, both backs are not going to be used a lot late in the game. Keyshawn but,
0: Vaughn's playing late in the game. Yeah, yeah that,
2: but otherwise, but yeah, he's absolutely somebody that should be on your radar. With Rugs, I'd like to see them get the ball in his hands on a little bit shorter options too, and just like get him into space and let him run after the catch. Because right now they are they are using him to stretch the field and they're taking some shots to him. But I thought we would see a lot more of those like quick slants or bubble screens or things just to get the ball in his hands and make one guy miss and pick up chunk yardage. And we haven't seen sure. that yet. Maybe it's because he's been hurt, but. It's a great point, Jamie. we talked about in the preseason, was let somebody else, and I think Aguilar's looked good deep.
0: Yes. They could peel him off underneath, bring him across on that drag route, which Carr throws really well, and now you've got some space. So you could stretch it horizontally and then get up. Hopefully we see that. I think those are the kind of things. He's just so dynamic if he is healthy that he can break the game wide open at any point. By the way, the Browns' defense is like second worst in the league, uh, second yeah. or third worst pass defense in the league. So they're going to take some shots.
1: I was going to say, there's also the fact that you're, uh, you're playing against a pretty favorable matchup, but because you guys brought it up, uh, it's a perfect transition to this or that because the most searched. Okay. So I, I brought the, the, this segment, um, what I did was on fantasypros.com, which I love using big, big fan of, uh, fantasy pros. They have the most searched start or sit, right? So you can go in there and you can see What, what are people looking up? What are they paying attention to? What are, what are people dealing with? So we're trying to help you guys out because apparently these are the top five situations that people are in and they're Google, they're searching this one or that one, which one should we pick? Right? So the first one hits right at home with Tampa Bay. A lot of people interested. Is it Ronald Jones this week? Or is it Leonard Fournette? If you're choosing between the two, you gotta pick one. Which side are you going, Jake? I'm put you on the spot. It's you first.
0: Are uh, we talking PPR? Probably. Talking yeah. Let's over, go. Overall? Let's
1: go half. Yeah. Let's go PPR. Let's leave it that way. I think I probably still go Ronald Jones.
0: I think he has a big first half. I think he gets in the end zone. He's still gonna have a couple targets, some screens. Fournette's in a limited role, but the limited role with Tom Brady is gonna be that checkdown back. I really like them both. If I gotta pick one here. And people are in that situation. I'll go Ronald Jones because I think he gets back three straight 100-yard games. Last week, they just threw it all over that Raiders secondary, which was just giving up a ton. And you can't blame them for that. And, he had, and they stopped the run pretty well. But he had some, some potential. I think he's getting 15, 18 carries regardless. I
2: think this week he bounces back. Jamie? Yeah, I'm going with Ronald Jones as well. Uh, they're both RB2s for me, so I think they're they're both capable of being in your starting lineup. But if I have to pick one, I'm going to pick Ronald Jones because I think his upside is still a little bit higher here. I still think you can get a ton of work, and if you're going to lean on one guy, you're going to lean on the healthy guy late when you're up a bunch. Uh, but uh, they're both solid plays this week. But I think I'll give Jones a better chance to get into the end zone, and that will be the difference for me. So he's a few spots higher than Fournette in my rankings.
1: All right, guys, the next one, Aaron Jones or Joshua Kelly. So you're going to have to make this decision early, right? Because Aaron Jones plays in the early games. Joshua Kelly plays in the afternoon games. Uh, But the Jones stuff is based around injuries, right? And and whether – okay, I didn't think he was going to play. So – do you feel comfortable starting Joshua Kelly? Or like, nope. do you have anybody else that you <laughs> would play? Nope. Instead, um, this is the second most searched uh this or that this week. So very, I knew
2: mm, like that's a very odd that's like, that's, that's an odd question for me. Like it's just like if Jones is playing, I'll take even 50% of Jones over Josh that's Kelly right now, but I don't think he's playing. If you can get Williams, I doubt you can anymore. Do that. Um I'd be much, I'd be more willing to take a chance on uh, Jermichael Hasty or even maybe a Jerick McKinnon bounce back week, Miles um, Gaskin, like all of those guys, I would much rather have over. I'll take
0: Lamichael Pirine yeah. over Joshua Kelly at this point. Now, the Chiefs would give up some run. I think the Jets are going to try it. That's he's at least going to get the workload.
1: All right, guys, moving on. Uh, another Tampa Bay situation here. Rob Gronkowski, who's been slowly creeping up into a territory where people are looking at him going, okay, I'm interested. You heard probably the funniest quote I've ever heard in my entire life, him describing uh, that he is like maple syrup drizzled. or butter or drizzled. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of innuendos and in everything that Gronk says, so we're going to stay away from that. Uh, Gronkowski or Mike Gisecki this week?
2: I'm going to go with Gronk. Um, I I want to see how Tua and Jaceki match up first. I know everybody's initial reaction is he you know go oh the, the young quarterback's gonna go to his tight end, but he's not his tight end. He's his big slot he's receiver. Yeah. So he's I don't think he's gonna be matched up on linebackers uh, more often than not. I, I I don't know. Like to me, Jaceki's been very hit or miss. You now have a new quarterback. I don't know how there's gonna be that interaction. So I would rather go with Gronkowski in this matchup because that Giants defense is terrible. And Gronkowski's been able to have some success this year and last, especially in the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I get why the the you might want to play Jaceki, but for me, I think it's clearly Gronk. Like I, I would if I know there's going to be a lot of people that have that option, and I've already been asked about Jaceki a bunch. I'm still waiting to see mode on him because it's not like he's been tearing it up either. You know, if he's been dominating, and you're going, uh, let's see, he's been hit or miss with a better quarterback play. So I want to see how he he interacts with Tua this week.
0: Cake? Yeah, I'm going to go Gronk, too. Gisecki's bit me in the ass a couple times with Fitz after he, after he played well. I mean, he threw up a freaking goose egg not too long ago. Uh, look, Gronk goes over 100 last week if Brady doesn't miss him on the first play of the game for 25 or 30. I will say they want if the game flow goes like we just talked about with the running backs, it could be Gisecki because they're going to be throwing it till the very end, and I think they would love to get Gronk some time on the sidelines. He's still banged up with a shoulder. He's playing his ass off. He's playing a ton of plays. I think they'd love to get him some rest on Monday night. It's going to be a short week coming back for the Saints. Uh, That doesn't mean he can't have a big first half. I think he still has four for fifty, and he's becoming a red zone monster. And Chris Godwin's not there, so I still like him more. But the game flow could get you some more garbage stuff for Jaceki in the second half.
2: So that's where this comes up. This interesting concept that I wanted to get into because I think you're going to be dealing with it potentially if you are a Bucks fantasy owner or a Chiefs fantasy owner. There are times where the matchup can almost be too good. And if everybody executes as they need to in the first half of games, you're going to have a very limited opportunity to accumulate enough fantasy points. And we've seen that sometimes where teams win big without any real great fantasy performances. And that's always the risk when you play teams like this where they could both shut it down for the final 25 minutes of this game and win by two three touchdowns. And then you're kind of looking at it like, wow, you know, nobody really had more than eight, nine, ten fantasy points. I really thought this was going to be a big day. That can happen. So I, I would cautious, I would be cautious of that. Uh, because like I, I for me, it's been looking at the two Kansas City backs going, Yeah, like CEH should have a 20-point game. But if you know Mahomes hits miko Hardman on deep on one and they throw a touchdown to Tyree Hill and a touchdown to Travis Kelsey and all those guys have three catches, and then CEH has 15 carries and then isn't used much in the second half as they let Le'Veon Bell get some revenge, then all of a sudden that great matchup turned into a nightmare for you. So there's really no actionable advice there. It's just more of like keep in mind that can happen. Like The best fantasy matchups are when you're playing a bad defense and the team that that player plays on also has a bad defense. That is when you get those like huge monster performances. That's the sweet spot. Of yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. The sweet spot for sure. All right. Two wide receiver questions here, guys, back to back. We've talked about, we've talked about a couple of these guys too. So the first one is Nelson Aguilar or Juju Smith Schuster, our guy. We love him, but Nelson Aguilar's definitely been coming on the weather implications of that game, whether or not you're going to see a big performance in from Juju when they're playing the Ravens. So Jake, I'll let you take this one first. You go with Juju or Nelson Aguilar. Ah, God, that's tough. I mean, I know. on
0: the on the surface, it sounds easy, but I think if, if Ben's going to lean on somebody in this big, big matchup, he has a chance to lean on Juju when it matters in the red zone. And is still only getting three or four targets. I mean, they want to run it with Jacobs. They're going to play action. They're going to take some shots. But I think Juju has a chance at six or seven targets, where I think Aguilar only has two or three. They might be shorter ones, but I think Juju has a better chance to get in the end zone as well.
1: Jamie?
2: Yeah, I'm going Juju as well. They're they're about ten spots apart in my rankings. Um, okay. I don't have Juju's at, our, at wide receiver two. He's he's in that wide receiver th- top of the wide receiver three range for me. But if you're going to beat the Ravens, I think you have a better chance to beat them inside in the middle of the field on some short plays. Um, I'm not. I mean, they, look, the Ravens have been good this year on defense, but they weren't. They aren't as good as they were last year, as we've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, and even with these added elements concerns, uh, in Cleveland, just, it scares me even more. So I would still roll with Juju in this game. Keep Aguilar on your bench or he's a potential flex option for you. And depending on what your receiver situation looks like, but I would go, I'd roll right back out there with Juju and hope he gets you another five, six, seven catch game.
1: All right, guys. The last one here, uh, Devontae Parker or Corey Davis, Jamie, you take this one first.
2: That's a fun one. So I'm looking right now where I have him in my rankings, and you're going to laugh. I have Corey Davis, 29, and Devontae Parker, 30. So (laughs) I have them very close, but I I, I take Corey Davis. I feel safer taking Corey Davis in this game. I mentioned the stats, about he hasn't had fewer than 11.9 fantasy points in the game this year. He's got the better matchup. I trust the quarterback a whole lot more. Um, I know Parker has a chance to maybe get you – You know, has a better chance to score than Corey Davis does, even though Corey Davis has gotten the end zone a couple times this year. But I just feel safer going with Corey Davis this week. Like, I'd be perfectly rolling with him out there. If you're a major underdog, maybe, if like you're one of those things where you've had a bad Thursday night matchup and you're projected to lose by 30 points and you need someone that has a better chance of catching two touchdowns, maybe Parker, uh, especially in garbage time. But to me, most in 95% of circumstances, I'm going to roll with Corey Davis.
0: Jake? Yeah, I agree. I've got Parker. on some sitting on the bench. The Rams don't do this a ton. But if I'm the Rams, I'm taking Parker out of this game. I, I'm like, should. not Jalen Ramsey has thrown a couple of freaking burgers up there this year where he gave up nothing. If I'm playing this rookie, I'm blitzing him, I'm giving him di- different coverages, and I'm taking Jalen Ramsey and I'm putting him on Devontae Parker. And if that's the case, you're looking at three for 30 as your best option here. Corey mm-hmm. Davis, I think, has a much higher floor. I agree with Jamie. I think they're in a shootout. I think they're going to have to score because their defense isn't great, and the Bengals offense is putting it up on everybody. So I think Corey Davis probably has seven targets in this game that's the way I'm
1: going. All right, guys, uh, fan Friday, a couple questions that we got on Twitter leading into the podcast. So I'll end with this. If you have any more questions, guys, you guys can jump in on Sunday morning, join our premium experience on the draft You click be the expert. That's where you can jump in and become a premium member and experience everything on Sunday mornings, along with some amazing features inside the mock draft scene, premium content, tons and tons of things that you can do for the draft network. The first question here is, and I laugh because it came in on Twitter, then it came in on our premium Slack, then it came back on Twitter. And I laugh because there's not really an answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you guys anyways. Are there any sleeper running backs? And I put quotations up for those listening to the podcast because it's there's there's no wide receiver or running backs right now right like it's so slim pickings but is there anybody you could kind of qualify as a sleeper running back right now jamie you look like you- um
2: <laughs> i mean i'll you two I, I mean i will there's there's i guess there are a couple i guess uh i do think Lamichael p ryan or what the name that jake mentioned earlier somebody that could be interesting he looks like the more dynamic back there um Again, but how much are they going to run the ball when they're down thirty-one to three in the second half? I don't know. Uh, but he's somebody that at least is worth keeping an eye on. He he made my top thirty-five this week at running back, which again is is damning with faint praise given the the state of the position right now. But he's there. Uh, I think Zach Moss uh, because to me Buffalo is going to have to run the ball more effectively, and if they're going to run somebody near the goal line, they clearly do not want it to be Devin Singletary. Like it, it's they do everything in their power not to make Devin Singletary the guy. Uh, as much as he annoys the hell out of everybody, Malcolm Brown is still going to get goal line work in Los Angeles for as long as he's healthy. I, I've been screaming that since July, but it, it's just going to be the thing. So I'm sorry for all the Cam Akers owners out there, but uh, you know he's somebody to keep an eye on. The one name that I will not throw out there is I have no idea what to do with Seattle. Don't ask me a Seahawks running backs question. I don't know. They're all going to be active and they're all going to get six to eight touches and none of them are going to be valuable. Like I just – I want nothing to do with it. I don't want – I don't think you need to run and pick up DJ Dallas or Carlos Hyde or Travis Homer. If you have Chris Carson, I probably wouldn't even start him if they make him active this week at this point. I'm not going to. I don't think any of those guys get double-digit work. Uh, And they can't bring up anybody else because they can't get anybody tested in time. So – that's just going to be a mess. I know I'm going to get asked that question, but just don't ask me because I don't know. I'll be, just be honest with you. I do not know. I don't have a good I got, answer for you.
0: I got one other one I'm going to take a flyer on. That's Le'Veon Bell. Okay, He's been there for two weeks. He should be much more comfortable in the offense. He looked good last week. I think CEH has a big first half, and I think they want to get Le'Veon Bell in the flow of what they're doing moving forward. Yeah. Screens, I think throw it to him a little bit. He probably has 12-plus carries. And I think he gets to the end zone in the second half. Um, and I think they want him to get in the end zone, get his confidence going, uh, get that excitement level up. So he, he's kind of asleep. I'm going to play him over Carlos Hyde in, in RTDN uh, mm-hmm. Premium League just because I don't, I, what Jamie just said, I have no idea what the hell Seattle's going to do. And I have a pretty good feeling. I mean, if I put yourself at Andy Reid and in the brass and Kansas City shoes, you got him.
2: Yeah. You
0: got to get him. You got to get him in the game. You got to see what you have. There's not going to be a better chance than this. As you move forward with some big matchups coming up, I think he has a big second
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in agreement with that. I am not playing Chris Carson. Uh, put your money where your mouth is. I am not playing Chris Carson this week. I am playing Le'Veon Bell in a league. Um, and I don't think I've ever sustained so many injuries in a fantasy football league ever. I don't remember a time where I legitimately lost like the first three picks that I had in like all my leagues, almost like it's, uh, it's been a rough year across the board between everything that's gone on injury wise and just superstar name value. But that's, you got to build those benches. You got to go pick up those guys and you got to play the waiver wires. It's the best way to, to try and get yourself back into the dance. Final thoughts here. We've reached the end of the podcast. Jake, I will let you go first.
0: Interesting week. I'm glad we, we brought up weather, right? We're talking about Thanksgiving coming up, Halloween weekend. We're getting close to November. The weather changes. Football changes when the weather changes, people. Wind matters. The rain matters. You saw snow last week in Denver. It also feels like freaking football when you're sitting, Jamie, it's high 50s in Chicago. That's just awesome. Going to be 30s for the game. Uh, but it matters. It matters in fantasy. It matters in real life football. Pay attention to that stuff. Cause it's only going to get worse. It's only going to be more of a factor moving forward. That's my final thoughts is like, it's that time of year, start paying attention to the weather reports, as well as all this other stuff you're looking at, at before you say lineups.
1: I love that. Cause I'm looking at, I'm looking at my iPhone. I'll show everybody what what's going on. So I'm looking at Chicago, right? And Sunday has that little wind emoji next to it. There's no sun. There's nothing else. It just has the bl- blustering wind on, on Sunday, which I love love for the Chicago Bears it's when it's when quote-unquote bear football happens so hopefully hopefully Matt Nagy pays attention I'm not the only uh, problem
0: with that is the Bears are averaging 84 yards a a game on the ground which is worse than the NFL and you're not talking about either quarterback having a big enough arm to deal with really really windy days and the Bears are still throwing it way too much so something's gonna have to give but
1: I hope it forces. forces. I, fo- I hope I forces my uh, very positive head coach. Um, that's the way he was described this morning. Uh, to to uh, run the football, we will see. Jamie, your final thoughts.
2: I mean, we're waiting. Um, my <laughs> final thoughts, and one I want to echo Jake's sentiment here, because uh, you're, you're going to wake up on Sunday morning and remember, clock's back. Uh, yep. and it's November first. So it's now November football. And all of these for the rest of the season, this is where not only you have to be thinking about weather, but if you're a contender, you need to start thinking about playoff matchups. Start looking ahead. If you're gonna make, you know, trade deadlines are coming up sometime in whether next two or three weeks, depending on your league setting. Start looking at playoff matchups, start looking at what your you know, your quarterback situation, even your defense situation, your running backs, receivers. And start training when you make those moves, you now have to consider the long-term play if you're a contender. If you're just struggling to get in there, you got to do whatever you can right now to get in. But I'm just saying, the big thing to me is that the calendar is about to flip. It's about to be November. We're going to be through week eight when we talk to you next on Monday morning, which means it's what, 9, 10, 11, 12. That means four weeks in the regular season left for fantasy football before you hit the playoffs in most leagues. So it's go time. And you need to. So if there's been players you've been sitting on that are like, and eh, they, they've been kind of underperforming, they You don't have time anymore. You've got a month to get your roster in order for the postseason, and you're gonna have to start looking ahead at matchups. Who's playing outdoors in December? Who's playing the the best defenses in December? Who has historically struggled in those scenarios? What teams are going to change their philosophies? Are going to become more run heavy? All those things need to be factoring in your mind now, because everybody's going to think about them as we get to Thanksgiving. You need to be ahead of the game.
1: Yep, it's good, don't, good don't advice. Don't hold
0: on to those September narratives either. Things change during the season. If yep. you think you're going to see the same thing from some of these teams that you saw in September, you're a fool. Look at what they've done the last couple weeks. Don't worry about what they did five, six weeks ago. One of the things, I can't wait till next week. Jamie and I have been on a freaking roll, and we've kept it pretty quiet. Uh, Jamie's is interesting as long as he's not picking in primetime. He's absolutely – Don't let me pick primetime. Killing the schedule, uh, but I think we're like two games apart. But we'll have our first half of the season done. I can't wait to see where it is. I, I we have another solid week. Uh, our picks against the spread have been really, really good.
1: Yeah, especially considering uh, I've been paying attention to how everybody in the kind of in sports media does it, and it's funny everyone does against the spread, but they don't pick all the games they pick only the games that they like and then they keep tabs on those games. So that we're keeping it honest for you, because I think if you're going to pick the games, you got to pick all of them, right? You can't just go, Hey, I'm just, I'm going to pick these games, right? We, we differentiate the locks, right? That's what that's for. But I think it's good that you're, you you got to pick all the games. What's your, what's your knowledge of the whole league? You can't just sit back and go, well, I kind of like five games this week. No, that's what the locks are for. So really excited to see where you guys land and uh, see how the weather impacts moving forward. Cause that's, That's where you know your girl. That's where my heart is with running the football and playing defense. All these teams that haven't been able to play defense, all of a sudden you're going to look and you're going to go, okay, Seattle, what you got playing San Francisco on Sunday night, like on Sunday, right? Like can you you shut anybody down? Because they're playing backups, like a lot of those positions. If you can't do that, You're not you're not a Super Bowl contender. Right. And I think there's a lot on the line as we start to flip and pay attention to some of those things, because bad defense has been a thing across the league. You're not going to be able to play like that if you have Super Bowl aspirations. So very, very interested to see how this week ends up shaking out. Jamie, how can everybody follow you and read your rankings as they head into the weekend and make last minute decisions on Sunday morning?
2: You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. You'll see a full rankings update coming later today on Friday in the afternoon. So once I tweet it out, uh, you'll be able to see that update. And late fr- right Friday night, early Saturday morning, depending on when they get posted, uh, I've been posting the player props that I like each week, the plus odds only. So all the player props that I like that are return you more money than you would invest. So I think that's a fun little way, uh, fun little switch on the way that a lot of player props are out there because unfortunately a lot of them are juiced you see a lot of people like oh i like this player pop and it's minus 147
1: yeah no like, thanks. Well, okay
2: but <laughs> you're gonna you now need to start winning instead of like 53 percent of your bets now you have to start winning like closer to 60 percent of your bets to get your money back with these if you go 50 50 you're profitable If you go 45 55 you're profitable so uh there's some really fun ones out there uh take advantage of some of these markets of unknown players uh like curtis samuel last night with this total yardage prop uh, had a big night. So there's some really fun ones out there. So check that out uh, at the draft network.com and at Jamie Eisner on Twitter.
1: Yeah. It started off hot for the week. I text Jamie. It was like midway through the second quarter. And I was like, what's up, Curtis Samuel, baby. You're looking good. Check. It's a good, good start <laughs> to the week. That's a big old check Mark. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media
0: at Arians NFL on Instagram and at Jake B Arians on Twitter
1: yeah be sure you guys check out he's new to the new account on the gram so make sure you guys are following it we've got some good graphics that intern Henry behind the scenes is taking care of putting out some video clips from the shows and and really uh, expanding the brand for everybody so little shout out to uh, Henry behind the scenes since I made fun of him coming into the show I have to give him a last second shout out here on today's podcast you guys can follow me as always at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram please follow, please follow the show at TDN fantasy and as Always check out thedraftnetwork.com for all your rankings that you might need on Sunday morning.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger